I feel at the end of the dream? Was I feeling hopeful? Did I feel sad? Whatever you felt, that's usually what the dream really is about. Would you be willing to do a reading right now? Every day, find something, something that you are grateful to have and know that however bad it is, it's not gonna last forever. Welcome to the Unlocking Happiness Podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. Collectively, our community builds a better world. I believe life is made up of moments. We have short moments, long moments, good moments and bad moments. We make sure that all of your life moments are filled with meaning and joy. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the internet's happiest podcast. Now let's unlock happiness. Welcome to the show, June Ahern, the author of How to Talk with Spirits, also featured in Amazon Prime's documentary, The Haunted Bay. June, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today on a topic that many people may not know a lot about, may be skeptical about, but I have a feeling are very curious to know more. So thanks for taking the time today to educate our audience. Thank you for having me and good morning, nice and early. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, hello, good morning. So let's start kind of where, where did this whole thing begin for you? Because I don't know that you're just born saying, I'm going to be a medium or I'm going to be a psychic or I'm going to talk with spirits, right? So take us back to when you found that you kind of had this gift and that you wanted to explore it. Okay. First of all, I look at it as an ability, like so many people have abilities. Way back in the olden days, in the 70s, <laughs> 70s uh, I had a near-fatal automobile accident, I, an NDE, near-death experience. And I expired in the ambulance for a very short period of time. I mean, seconds. And during that time, I went to the other side. That's how I envisioned it. That's my understanding of it. When I came out of that, you know, after healing for, it was a a bad accident. And I began to know things about people that I didn't even know and know about their past or know about how they were feeling right now. And, but I couldn't talk to anybody about it because I mean, you know, I came from a very strict Catholic family Mm. and who was I going to talk to about, Oh, I went to heaven, but they rejected me. They sent me back. (laughs) (laughs) Grew from there. And I was very curious and I learned about the tarot cards and, and the teacher took me aside and said, I don't know who you are, but you're really a natural at this. But I didn't know. I was a young woman. You know, I was really in my only in my early 20s. And that's how it grew. So you talk about you call them tarot cards, correct? Okay. I feel like they're very often mispronounced as tarot cards. <laughs> that too. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I say tarot. Like no, no, no. Not a parrot like tarot. No. Or not tarot like parrot. No. So how did you get introduced? To tarot, I'm going to say tarot cards because that's how I know it. How did you get introduced to tarot cards? 
Well, as I said, back in the olden days, there was no computer. So little signs would go up, uh, like the learning annex, and, and you would go around your neighborhood, or they had little newsletters come out of where you could take classes. And I thought, you know, uh, before my accident, I had a card reading with playing cards. And the woman predicted that I would have an accident with two, with two men, one on each side. Well, I had been dating one man, and I went out with another guy. That's where I got the ah. I was like, whoa. So I became very curious about this. I bought the book, How to Read the Cards. And then I saw this thing saying tarot cards. I'm like, well, what is that? And I went, and that's how I went. I went to this class that this woman was holding in San Francisco in her apartment. And there were several of us there learning about each card and what each card symbolized. And I've been in love with the tarot ever since. I'm studying the Kabbalah and the tarot now. Awesome. So this kind of leads then a little further. And I have to say, like, throughout this interview, if I say something that maybe is from an ignorant standpoint or an amateur standpoint, please educate me because I don't know what I don't know. And I think a lot of the listeners may be in the same scenario. They don't know what they don't know. So if I say something like, let's make, let's make it an open space to be able to say whatever it is and also be able to be educated in uh, maybe some beliefs or thoughts that people, myself included, may or may not have. So how do you say, would you say you, you can feel spirits? Like, how does that, how do you say that? Like, how does that work? Like, did, did you suddenly feel like you could feel spirits and you could talk to the other side? Like, how does that work? Well, it works in different ways for different people. And there's different kinds of ESP, extrasensory perception of picking up information. And we do it all the time. You know, telepathy is the most easy understood uh, way of communicating. And you can do it as simple as a friend calls and you said, I knew you were going to call. I've been thinking about you for days. Right. That's that kind of energy that's happening between you and another person at a distance. So it's real easy to understand. Some people know it because they see it. And that would be, you know, clairvoyance, clear image, clear sight. Some mm. people know it because they their mind in, in their own voice usually speaks it, clear audio, clear hearing. And some clear sentient, they feel it. Mm. feeling, uh, which I always say is the kind of hardest one on people because sensitive people can get very confused with their feelings and, and until they're really understand and trained. So those are the three major, you know, there's some smell, some taste, there's different parts of this ESP, but the usual one, the usual ones are the ones I just mentioned. I'm wondering, I've said for years, and my brother and my dad also say this a lot, but we will dream things before they happen, like a lot, or I'll just speak for myself, a lot. It happens to me a lot. I'm trying to think of a, a, I mean, it happens to me all the time. I can't even like come up with an example, but oh, actually, here's a recent example I had a dream that my, my boyfriend is a pilot. So I had a dream that we were in the back of what I call a baby plane, but one of those small planes and him and I were in the back and there was two instructors in the front. And normally he would be an instructor. He would be sitting in the front as the pilot or the co-pilot, but we were in the back in this particular dream because he had not paid a bill with the FAA. Now, 
if you're a pilot, I don't even think you have to pay the FAA anything. I don't know how that works, but that's how the dream went, you know? And in that moment, because he couldn't instruct and he couldn't sit in the front, the two instructors lost control of the plane. And we went into a spin dive basically to to our death, as I remember in the dream. So, you know, there's a lot of other details within that dream, but it was so crazy because the next morning he had texted me and he said, I just got off the phone with, I I don't even know, some government entity to see if my GI bill will pay for my next training and they won't pay for it. So I have to pay for it. And I was like, although that was not the exact dream, the correlation between those two things to me was amazing. Now it could have been coincidence and that's cool, but these are the kinds of things that happen to me all the time. So is that like a form of ESP? Yeah, that's called precognition knowing what's going to happen. And those dreams, it happens to you a lot, which is really amazing because usually dreams like that, precognition dreams, prophecy dreams don't happen very often. Mm -hmm. Most likely you are a clairsentient. You feel a lot. You're a sensitive person, but yeah, Uh, you know, dreams are the best way of communicating with spirits that have gone to the other side. Mm -hmm. The easiest because we are in an altered state of consciousness. We're not in a waking state of consciousness. We've left our consciousness and the body takes over, does what it does. The blood goes to the heart and the brain. And so dreams are an excellent way of communicating with spirits. So if somebody, I mean, this probably sounds, I'm going to use the word crazy, but crazy to some people, right? So I don't think I can say anything that you haven't heard before. So this probably sounds crazy to some people. And it kind of makes me want to ask, The next question, based on what you just said. So if somebody wants to, and they accept this, and they want to communicate with like a spirit during a dream, I mean, can you just will that? Like, you can't just go, I'm going to go to sleep tonight, dream and speak with somebody on the other side. Like, how does that even work? (laughs) Well, I use dream. It's called dream therapy for one thing. I use dreams after my father died and I would program it before I went to sleep. I'd say, okay, uh, this is an issue I have with my father and I'm ready to clear that up. And so I, I would like information in my dreams tonight, whether it be with him or some kind of clarity. So you absolutely can. Now, does it mean the spirit will come to you because you're asking? No spirits decide on their own it's like you can call somebody up but they may not answer and they right. may not answer for days or they may not even text well i get texts and people say i haven't heard from you in what four hours where are you <laughs> so it's the same thing before you go to sleep what helps us human beings physical is get a picture of the spirit of the loved one that has gone to spirit transitioned to the other place wherever that other place is in your culture religious belief and Put it by your bedside and say, you know, mom, dad, friend, name the person and then go into your your sleep state. And when you wake up, you know, have a pencil is easier because when you're in bed, laying in bed, before you even get out of bed, write what your dream was. And I don't care if it was a color, a sound, a symbol. It doesn't have to be as elaborate as your dream. That was quite an elaborate dream. (laughs) Dreams you say. How did I feel at the end of the dream? 
So you don't have to go through every symptom. How did I feel at the end of the dream? Was I feeling hopeful? Did I feel uh, sad? Whatever you felt, that's usually what the dream really is about. Oh, so that's really interesting because two things here. One, I do that on a very elementary level, not ever with spirits, I guess, but I've done it. I mean, countless numbers of times when it comes to like business or like solving a problem, I will think about that specifically consciously think about that problem, start thinking about the solutions to that problem. Tell myself I want to dream the solution. And so often I will wake up in the middle of the night or I will wake up in the, I'm like going to cry because I feel like this is so, but anyway, I will wake up in the middle of the night or I will wake up in the morning and I will have that solution. And again, it might sound so crazy to people, but I have done that numerous times in my life. So I feel like I've done that a little bit on um, maybe more of an elementary side of things. And I also have very vivid dreams. Maybe as you can tell, uh, I, I could have given you so many more details about that other dream, but I have very, very vivid dreams that I remember. Like my boyfriend never remembers his dreams. He's like, I don't even know if I dreamt. <laughs> like, well, I'm pretty sure you did. You probably just don't remember it. So I do remember my dreams and I wake up often. I love what you just said about like how you feel. And, and I wrote that down because I'm going to start kind of putting that into my life because I, I will feel a certain way and it, it feels so real to me. I almost can't get over it. So I will wake up if I was angry at somebody in that dream. When I wake up, I am angry at that person still, even though I know it's a dream and I got to get over it, <laughs> but I'm still so angry. So I, I have that feeling that I carry with me until I have to consciously be like, Amy, enough, like shake it. It was just a dream. <laughs> That person did not really make you mad. <laughs> I wake so. up. I've had a dream with my husband with another woman. I wake up. I come in the next morning, and he'll say good morning. I said, "Don't talk to me." Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, girl. Who was I with now? And that's my own issue of insecurity. <laughs> of course, now after all these years of being together, I don't have those dreams at all anymore. But I really appreciate what you are saying elementary. I, I teach on an elementary base. So someone is wants to come and have these great, I, I really truly believe that that's a good place to get. It's like yoga. You have to set your foundation from your hips down in order you go on to the next level up. And that's how I teach. And I, I've been teaching, well, I, I have, don't do classes anymore, but I do talks and workshops. I've been teaching for since the 1980, 1980. And people leave, when they leave, they get it. Because too many people complicate the psychic world. Too many people think it's something only crazy, strange people do. <laughs> And we're doing it all the time. And that's what I educate people. Listen, you're, if Amy is interested in talking to me and sharing, she already is very developed in, intuitively. She already is that. Otherwise, she would not want to clarify in her own life some of what she's experiencing. Yeah, that that's interesting. That's really well said. I think we have to take a step back for just a moment and talk about like, what is a spirit? Is it an energy? Is it something that we can see? Uh, what is a spirit? How would you define spirit? 
Well, we're spirits. The spirit of Amy. When Amy's spirit leaves her body, and I don't know if you've ever touched a dead body, it is like a rock, cold rock. And I've been with enough dead people. I don't like the touch part of it. But the true Amy lives on. Now, whether she lives on all these videos she's making, whether she lives on in photographs people have, whether she lives on her uh, loved ones can hear her voice, Amy's spirit of who she is lives on. So if you could just take it as simply as that, you are a spirit. A spirit is the energetic vibration of who you are. Then there is rhythms of her. Whoa, one year she was hot and great and sold her books and everything. The next year, oh my God, we couldn't get her out of bed. Her spirit was broken. She didn't, she had no spirit left in her. So a spirit is the energy of who you, it's the impression of who you are. To me, that does not, leave it does not die but it does leave the physical body i just want to also say spirit and ghost all ghosts are spirit but not all spirits are ghosts we are all spirits those that i talk about ghosts like in my ghost investigations when i come across then they are spirits that are stuck they are not leaving this physical dimensional world and so there's the difference. So if we, if we ever get around to talking spirit ghosts, that's why I use the word ghost. And when I use the word spirit, I'm talking of the spirit of a person that has transitioned and is in a different place rather than earthbound. So we can tap into people's spirits in a myriad of ways. It doesn't have to be this like ghostly kind of endeavor that you have Correct. is what you're saying. Absolutely. And here's a difficulty and it happened to me too. So it's not like it doesn't happen to people that also believe and have the ability I have. When my sister, who was also my best friend, suddenly transitioned, as I always say, inconveniently left me. And when she did that, I could not get her message because I was so heavily grieving that I went to other a couple of other mediums for messages. It's when we're grieving and we're crying and the spirit says, I want to comfort you. And let's face it, when you're grieving, I don't know if you've ever grieved for someone you love greatly that passed away, even our animals. You cannot hear or feel the spirit easily. I'm not saying you cannot, but it's not easy. And one thing is you don't believe it. You think it's yourself. So there's, it's much more easy than people think. You can go to a medium. Uh, you know, spirits can show up when you're out gardening. It, when I first had my first spirit showing up, I was cleaning out the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so they can clean it out. That's my first encounter with, a spirit, with spirits, two spirits that showed up aimlessly cleaning. So tell us about that moment. What happened there when well, you were cleaning the toilet? parents, you know, uh, which had met me on the other side. And this is, you know, quite a few years later and I'm cleaning. And then I just had this whole over feeling. I stood up and I could see them. Now spirits don't always manifest very easily. They usually manifest only in our head because we humans get very frightened. By them. Uh, but they manifested in, in really truly a vibrational like light. And then I was so shocked that dropped the toilet little <laughs> they took me out, sat me on my bed. My bed wasn't far down the hallway from there. And they just said, you know what, really, would you just really tell your mother, their daughter, 
Would you tell your mother that we are together and we are happy? And I didn't know my mother was grieving about that. She was quiet about that from the old country. She'd be a little more quiet about her feelings. So I did say, you know, Mammy, in Scotland, we say, Mammy, I just want to tell you that Brenda and Granny are doing fine. You know, they really are. They're together. And she was so appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. So it, that's how simple it could be. Usually we just, it flashes by us and we think of the person as we knew them. So as a medium, like when people come to you, do the spirits always show up? Like, are you always able to help people or do sometimes there is no message to share? Like, how do you tap into that? Well, to begin with, I am retired other than doing the paranormal. So I don't see private clients anymore. And sometimes it's hard because I get a message that I got to call the person and say, listen, I don't really want to do this, but, but kind of both. When I did have clients, I would say, you can come and ask me about a spirit, but that doesn't mean that spirit will show up. Maybe that spirit's busy on the other side. Maybe they're just done with planet Earth and done with everybody in planet Earth. You know, we can't determine that they will show up. So we can ask for them. We call them by name. Before a person comes, I already start receiving information. That's why it's always disappointing. It used to be disappointing if a person canceled. So I made it like mm. a cancellation fee so they wouldn't do it. <laughs> because I got all this message. Then I figured out, you know what I'll do? I'll make a recording and send it to them. And so when the spirit uh, shows up, I give the message. Now, people have said, you know, that's not my husband. But you know what? I think that's his brother. And and so I give as much detail as possible, how they show up, what are they looking like? Are they wearing any particular clothing? Like the other day I was talking to someone, an old client, and I said, are they around a, um, like a machinery, a car? Were they a mechanic or do they live by a train? A lot of noise. She said, no, he was an uh, airplane pilot (laughs) and and he was around a lot of airplanes. So she was able to identify it was an uncle. It wasn't the person she wanted to talk to. Mm-hmm. And so you can ask, but it doesn't mean that they'll show. And usually some kind of spirit is hanging around and ready to, to give information or a message. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go um let's go one step further here. So in the haunted bay where you are what people would call as ghost hunting. I think it's maybe has a different name than ghost hunting or is that what we call it? Paranormal investigation, but ghost hunting, you could do that. Ghost hunting is fun. Okay. So (laughs) I have a whole chapter in my book on ghost hunting. They can say the investigation is different because one thing is, yeah, I don't want to know anything other than give me a location so I can get there. I don't want to know. As I said, I, I usually days before things start happening and usually when i show up at anywhere i've already got information i don't want to know i want to deliver and then i ask the producer being the you know go out and and find out historically because my investigations are they're all in historical places so that's how i approach it and to me it's fun not always fun there's some very strange things even for me that have happened but it's it's fun and i love history so i i get to know and learn i mean i've had somebody comment on some of them saying oh she went to san francisco she she already knows that history and i'm like no i mean how much do you always know about everywhere you you live yeah i know <laughs> san francisco. 
Yeah, exactly. So I like that. I think that that uh, really matters in, in a lot of different ways, at least for the uh, person who may be skeptical, it matters. And I'm curious to know what is the strangest thing that has happened to you during during these investigations? Well, I want to just say about skepticism. I think people should have a dose of skepticism. I know I didn't like it if a client came and said anything you said to it. I go, well, wait a minute. What do you think? I think it's healthy to have a dose of skepticism myself. I'm skeptical when people say certain things to me. I ask questions to to think: Is this person having a over the board imagination? Or are they actually receive? Are they actually having a psychic experience? So I, even in my book, I can say it's okay to be skeptical. Check it out yourself. See what's going on. And so some of the strangest. Oh, there's a there's a weird stuff that happened. <laughs> some of it made up to the camera. Some of it didn't. One of the things was when we went over to Alameda in California. We went to the Eagle Building, and it was a very strange uh, happening. And the reason they asked us is that people there were having a lot of experiences. You know, people that didn't have what they consider psychic abilities, or so they asked. You know, come, you know could you come over and investigate this? There was, uh, and I already picked up, so I went to the space, and and that's in the series someplace. I can't remember if it's in season two or or whatever. And we went up to this room that I where I wanted to go. And there was a man up there and he was cowering and he was afraid and, and he was asking, oh, you know, please believe me, please help me. So uh, a lot of investigation historically over that. And I came up with who I believe this man was. He was a criminal. He was the face I saw. He was a name I got. And it turned out that he was hung for his crime, but he was stuck there. He was hiding and he was looking for both repentance and help. It was, you know, help me. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. And so that was uh, pretty unusual. One of my most unusual, uh, oh God, experiences was down in Jamaica. So I was brought to Jamaica to do not only readings, but to also do uh, talks. And I was, it was paid, I was commissioned to come down there. Everything was paid for. Great people loved it. What an experience and many experiences. But the strangest one is a physician came to me. He wanted me to come to his house because his wife was suffering from attacks of low grade entities. And she had cancer. He had gone to New York. He had gone everywhere to try to see, you know, what was going on with her. Uh, they couldn't find out. So I went over there. Now I am not an exorcist. I, I do not do that kind of work. And by then I really didn't do it other than what was that movie, Linda Blair? Uh, I'm like, oh, I don't want any part of that. Let the uh let the Jesuits, the Catholic police. <laughs> oh, got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went there and it's July. Now in Jamaica, it's hotter than hell in July. I would, I walked in that house and I was freezing. I went to, I won't go to the whole story because it's a little long, but I have to tell you, I was attacked literally slap. If I had thought that later I would write a book and put it in there, or I'd be talking about it. I would have documented um, the bruises and, and scratches on me. Wow. I did, you know, I was uh, petrified. And I went into the woman. Uh, I saw what was happening. Uh, I wanted to, you know, to get up to stop. I, while I was there, I met again with the husband. And I just said, you know what? I'm not equipped. I'm not educated for this. You'll have to find someone who can actually really, uh, exercise your house. Mm -hmm. That wasn't my ability. And I've been called to go different places. And I won't go. 
you know, I'm a happy medium. <laughs> but I've been in places uh, like buildings where uh, one time the latest one it hasn't, I can't talk about it a lot because it's not up yet, but I was so, so attacked that actually the cameraman had to uh, put his arm out and catch me. I almost fainted, which me, I mean, I, I got it covered, right? <laughs> so you were attacked by a spirit. Ghost. You were attacked by a ghost. Correct. So, and so you could feel it. You can feel oh, it. Physically. Wow. And they're vampire entities, low-grade entities. They're not necessarily have been living human beings. Oh, it's a long story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very different culture. It's a very different experience than going in and talking to a ghost. So you say that ghosts are stuck. What are they stuck from? And how do they get unstuck? <laughs> I'll give you a real good example. If you've ever had a friend that when you get on with that friend, you know, and that friend goes over and over. I don't know why he left me. I've never got over it. It's been a terrible time. And you go, you know what, Susie, that's been like 10 years. Okay. And she's like, oh, I have to talk about it. And you're like, oh my God, go see a therapist. Well, that's the ghost. The ghost is going over and over the thing that happened. It was unfair. It was unjust. They murdered me. They did this. They, I died. I committed suicide because I'm so unhappy. They go over and over the same old story constantly. You know, you can bless them, pray for them, light a candle for them, wish them to go onto the next road to transition, whether they do or not, you know. It's up to the spirit. Some of the ghosts, I think, just love it. Like, as I said, the example. So if you won't talk to your friend anymore about the guy that dumped her, she'll go find another friend that she can talk to. Right. Same with the ghost. Do you help them get unstuck? Sometimes. Sometimes there is a uh, differentiation building. Uh, one of the videos, one of the um, investigations we did, there was a young girl there and she was actually speaking in German. I don't know German, but Ying spoke German and spoke to her in German. I said to her, how do you know German? She's just really good. She's got all these different languages she speaks. And uh, wow. we went back and forth. And that girl was looking for a family, evidently in this building, which is known to be quite haunted in the San Francisco 1906 earthquake. The hotel across the street had the greatest casualties. So you can imagine that sudden death, how many ghosts there are still around. And so we were able to calm her down. And to, she was asking for help. She wanted help. So I said, well, we'll I'll pray for her when we leave this investigation and Ying will pray for her also and, and wish her that she could step in and be received in, into the road to the other side, you know, to be with her family. Because that's what she was crying about. Where's my family? Where's my family? Mm. So it, it could be that she was alone in, when her family was out working and died in that building or building across the street you know, in that location. So have you ever been on site or on location somewhere and uh, nothing happened? Like nothing showed up? There were a couple of places I turned down because I didn't feel like I wanted to investigate them. I wasn't getting anything. Usually something always happens because energetically I can feel energy around me, whatever it may be. When I went to Calistoga to do Sharp Museum, I, I said, stop the camera, stop the camera, I'm getting nothing. 
you know, and I felt like, oh my God, I came all the way up here, blah, 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 going to spend the night. And then I said, it's not here for me. I can't do this. And I was rattled. And I sat for a moment. I said, okay, it's this room. Could we go to another room someplace? Because there's something. And once I left the main museum and went to an extension of it, that's when I started picking things up. So, yeah, it's disappointing. And sometimes it takes me a while to get into the groove. I may not pick up a whole lot. Uh, and then once I'm in the groove, I go into a different channel of myself. And I start. And once I start picking it up, oof, so much comes through. Mm. What What is it when the camera picks up like a light or, or they pick up, you know, an image, I should say. So what is it when the camera picks up like an image and we see that uh, on screen? What is that image? What is it? It's the energy of a once living person. It's the, you show up as a light and, you know, they are the lights of the world, you know, uh, who Mahatma Gandhi or, or, you know, or whatever, you know, uh, Jesus. They are a light to the world. And so it's a light. Like I read auras and I can, I can look at a person and see their energy, their auras. Like these are the aura symbols back here. So I see colors around people. And that is the image. Now they have better equipment and cameras to pick it up. It's not unusual. You know, people have been seeing it for a long time. The orbs that you're talking about, the first thing I always say to somebody says, oh, I want you to see this. They, you know, or I say, check your lens. <laughs> you know, just it's a little dirty yeah you know I, like i say i don't jump right to it and go oh my god that's fantastic you know you have to check your equipment there, there's some good work that's being done now i i do want to say one thing though about ghosts i always believed until i did these investigations that you should send ghosts onto the other side like oh they're so trapped god needs them you know all those things and i met this I met this ghost in a, a kind of an alleyway, Osgott in, in uh, uh, the financial district down in San Francisco. And he's sitting there smoking a pipe. Happy, and I said, oh, I can see him so clearly. Let me help you to the other side. He said, well, who are you and why should I go? I have a great time. I had a great job here. I, and he gave me this whole story in his name. He says, oh, you know, that used to be a, a factory across the street. And he gave me all this historical information. No kidding. I said, well, I'll pray for you. He goes, well, pray for yourself that nobody else gets you when you walk up the street. There's someone <laughs> up there. Oh, my God. It was hysterical. I mean, I'm laughing. And uh, I'm laughing, talking to him, and the camera people are looking at me going, oh, my God, maybe she is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? Okay, so do ghosts only appear? Like, I feel like we only see them on these shows when it's completely dark or it's night. So why is it that it has to be, does it have to be nighttime or does it just have to be dark? No, neither. Uh, I mean, I see spirit energy in so many places. I, I was standing next to a guy at the Safeway. We were both looking at what kind of beans we wanted to put in our salad. And his father showed up. And I'm like, oh, my God, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. You know, what am I getting? Oh, tell my son. No, no, I don't even know this man. And so we started talking about, I go, well, my father used to use these. He says, well, that's funny you brought it up. I was just thinking of my father. <laughs> Daylight, Safeway. Whoa. Uh, wow. So no, absolutely not. Why we do it at night is very reasonable. I think of why they say witches did everything at night. The kids are in bed. Dinner's made. You finally could. I don't know if anybody out there has young kids. I remember saying, oh, 
the kids went to bed. It's just sitting there. And so it's a, it's reasonable when it's darker because you are calmer. So there's a lot of logic and reason to what goes on. And once you're calmer, I love to talk to spirits in the daytime, outside. I've had mostly all my clients always came when it was daytime. I'm not a very big night person. I would say to Ying, well, what time? Well, let's start the investigation at nine. I said, nine, I already got my pajamas on. <laughs> it started so we had to negotiate, you know, because she needed it darker for the camera and such like that, lighting and, and that. Sure. So you just said you had kids. How many? One. Okay. Daughter, son? Son. Okay. Does he do the same thing? Does he have the same abilities that you have? Like, is that something that you, that can be like passed on or how does that work? Absolutely. You can have it passed on. Many people that came for me said, you know, that's funny you say that my granny used to do this or my auntie used to do this or whatever. Yes. Actually, my son really doesn't do it much anymore. He went through this whole, you know, as he told me about past lives when he started when he was two and a half. We went to the library up till he was five and went to school. And then that he didn't want to be different. You know, Mm -hmm. he actually gave me more information on one particular murder case I was working on. He gave me clearer information on a particular part of it that I had recorded and darn, you know, tape recorders and I couldn't find it. I took credit for it with the police because I didn't want them asking my then three, three and a half, four years. <laughs> right. Not very nice of me. Uh, you know, I did, you know, come truthfully later on in life. Uh, and so he used to do it and he used to read. When he became a teenager, he denied it and didn't want any part of it. He thought, oh yeah, my mom, she must be crazy. My dad said she's crazy. But now he's a little, you know, later on, he helped me with a few things that I couldn't quite get information about, but he did it very reluctantly and he didn't want his name involved in it. Hmm. So, yeah, he doesn't want to get that involved with it. Right, right. Okay, so that's interesting. I was just kind of curious if that is like something that you can pass on. I would not consider myself a psychic by any stretch of the imagination. However, I do find it interesting that... um, myself, my brother and my dad all have like similar kind of experiences sometimes when we talk about like the dreaming, right? Where we're we're like, oh yeah, that happens to me all the time. (laughs) So I was curious if that is something that could be passed down. What do you say to people who are, who say, well, of course she spoke to her grandpa, you know, she, cause she said, oh, I feel that there's a man talking to me. And of course there's going to be a man, you know? So of course this, of course that, like, how do you, how do you address those, those kind of concerns that people have? I don't anymore. How did you used to? (laughs) I don't really pay attention to the financial program, the weather people even get it wrong. Uh, What I I do in my book, I I, I don't mean that. Uh, I don't waste time on people that need to feel they have to challenge me. What for? I'm old. You know, I did it. Well, what for? Well, I want to stop. I want to stop, though, for a second for that, because... Like you just said, what for? I'm old, you know, whatever. Like I'm past all that. But I think like in a very general sense in life, like what for? If people are like challenging you and what you believe on whatever level it is, on whatever topic it is, it's like, 
what for? Why are we entertaining these people trying to, you know, prove what it is that we believe or whatever? Just let them be, let them believe what they want to believe. And you believe what you want to believe just in life in general. So anyway, I wanted to say that because I don't think it matters your age. I think uh, to get to happiness, we can all kind of take that advice. What for? (laughs) Uh, What I, I, you know, again, I tell people, Look at your own experiences, your own dreams. To to ask you a question, oh, well, of course there's a man. A medium then, and I I get it, you know, you want to validate. I want to validate and say, is there something personal I know about this spirit showing up? that there's no way I could know. I don't know the person, the physical person sitting in front of me. And so I give, I might even get a name. I've gotten names plenty of times. And I would pick up this person was in the army, but their foot gave them a lot of problems. They had diabetes lady uh, later, their left knee. And I start giving information. You know, I would say to somebody, uh, you know, who do you want to contact? This is a story I bring up because it's so funny. I said, I'm picking up a spirit. Uh, I believe it's your father. His name is Albert. She said, no. I said, okay. Uh, well, there's a man here. He's got kind of um, hazel eyes and he's got a long face. Well, my father's name, Albert, and he had, uh, his eyes were more greenish. Hazel. <laughs> so that's not exactly him. And I'm like, <laughs> that's... <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, you get this, this thing, but you really, the medium really should give personal information. Things that you, that's why I say to people, don't tell me anything. I don't want to know anything because right away you're in, to me, I'm interfered with my psychic energy. Mm-hmm. I want to pick it up. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, you know, then, then it's wrong. Uh, you know, I don't right. have a problem with being wrong. But what did you experience? I, I, I do like to teach people and I do like to share. But there are people that no matter what you say in any logical fashion whatsoever, they just want their voice heard greater than yours and they will shoot you down. And we certainly know that with social media now more and more. I've been called every kind of name from a liar to a con to a charlatan to a effing bitch to a you name it. And I've been called it. I wow, please. And if anyone wants to know how tough that is, yeah, tough. The homicide detectives, they are tough to work with. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine. Uh, are there con artists? Are there scammers out there in this industry? Absolutely. Just like there are in any any profession, uh, lawyers, doctors, politicians, you know, there are absolutely scams going on all the time. That's why you do not want to give, you know, let's see, say the medium says, okay, who do you want to contact? And you say, I want to contact Mary. Okay. You don't have to say it's your mother or your sister or your aunt. You know, you just, usually mediums just want a little bit of information. If it's astrologer, they want your birthday, but don't go in there like a little child and go, okay, well, you know, my mother had this golden thing that she always wore. Oh yeah, I see it. You know, don't go in there and give all the information, but be willing to give information reasonably if the, if the medium or the psychic reader asks for it, if they ask you and it's reasonable, you know, what energy or whatever, but there's absolutely, and I write about that in both my books, my fiction, my nonfiction books, these are how you can identify the scammers, mm. how you identify the cons. I like that. Those are only out to get you money. 
Right. (laughs) I'm going to light a candle for you so you can be close to your spirit. And it's only $150 per candle. You need three for three days. I'm like, you know what? Go out and buy your own candle. (laughs) Light it yourself. $1.50 candle and light that yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have to be physically with that person in order to read, to do a reading for them? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I started phone readings uh, many years ago and it's a vibration and it's vibration you're picking up. It's not about how the person presents himself. Actually, I used to close my eyes a lot when I did readings because the person always wants to give you messages. Like if you're saying something and you look up and they're going. (laughs) So I used to just kind of look down. That's why the tarot cards came in nicely because I would look at the cards and get away from the person. I don't want messages. I'll tell you. You don't have to tell me. Right. Then I'll look up and say, um, do you want to go on with the reading? Is this? Do you understand this or whatever? And if they say yes, or if they start talking too much, I'll say, I don't want to talk too much because I'm still getting information. Or they mm. say, well, I go, well, let's end the reading. And there is no charge. I like that. I feel like you come from a really, really authentic place. And so I just want to honor you and recognize you for that. My next question is, and you can absolutely say no to it, is would you be willing to do a reading right now? What I am picking up is that you have a lot of red energy, active energy in your, uh, we'll call your fifth and sixth and seventh chakra, which means that um, you think too much. You know, you're you're always thinking so much that you sometimes don't get things done. They all they unravel around you. So you make these little lists of getting things done. And this goes back to your training in school about between the ages of eight and 10, when you really wanted to be that really good student, but you're fidgety. But you want to be a good student. And so if you go back to that fourth, fifth, sixth grade, you'll find that there is a lot of really positive aspects of those teachers. Maybe it was one, maybe it was all those grades that really got you on your road of using your imagination in a more logical like way. Hmm. If you want to do this, you have to do this step. So it's a both a positive and it's both difficult for you because you have so you have what you would say like a split mind. Your mind has all these little splits and all these things going on at the same time. You know, you can look up uh, brain communication. They have great studies that are done now and calm your mind down a little more. What would calm your mind down a lot is to go to a stream or a river because moving water works really well with you. You just can let things go. You also have a real strong kind of infinity for little animals. Oh my gosh. You can go out and you do well with small animals. Like me, I'm a big animal person. I've had a horse and, and I like big dogs, you know. But you do really well with small animals. You you actually are a very communicative with animals and open that door and enjoy it more. Because animals are really cool to communicate with. They communicate through images more than in words and so you are most likely clairvoyance uh, uh strongly clairvoyant meaning you see like what well, you said you dream so there's an example uh, i would use those in a way that how do you interpret symbols so maybe study more about symbols uh images 
Awesome. I love that. I mean, you did nail it on both ends. Anyone who knows me probably just went, oh, you know, <laughs> uh, maybe I went, I don't even know. Uh, you get that energy off the shoulders a little bit more in the last three or four months that you've committed to some things that are starting to really burden you down now. And so it's time to say, um, you know, prioritize what's really the most important top three things you have to do. And, and you can't, you know, Amy, you can't do everything at one time. Sometimes you have to be willing to do uh, one or two things like it's September, October, not all today. Yeah. You know, that's great advice for how you read me because that is absolutely true. And I do take on a ton of things and I do a million things and I love to, you know, I, I like to say that I'm multi-passionate, I guess. And uh, however, I also know that that you cannot get them all done, <laughs> but I'm a bit of a workaholic. So I, I do my best to try to do them all. As far as the little animals, I mean, I have such an intense love for these little guys. I even had a business for a while called Tiny Paws Bed and Biscuits, where I just watched just small breed dogs and I would take care of small breed dogs. I have one sitting next to me right now as well. It's little Sadie Mae. She's a little Yorkie. But I do just like, I fall in love with every little, and it doesn't have to just be dogs. It can be birds. It can be like little lizards that run around here. Squirrels. Squirrels. Yes. That's awesome. There actually is a squirrel that ran by a little earlier, right by my window. I caught it out of the side of my eye and they're just like the cutest things. So, uh, it's a lot of my art is, like I would say 90% of my commissioned art is for dogs, for pets. And so uh, I do just have a huge love for animals. So awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I kind of put you on the spot, so I really appreciate it. And just for our listeners, we have never met. We've only just talked for this brief period of time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. What is the last kind of bit that you want people to know about this whole spirit world? Well, you know, because your show is unlocking the hap- uh, unhappiness, you know, getting to a, a more peaceful, joyful place. And I just, uh, in my own monthly uh, workshops, I just had a woman on that had experienced tragic deaths in her family, suicide, murder, and, and tragic acts. What I tell people is you, in your own grief or your own uncertainty or uh, complexity of life, you can talk with spirits that will comfort you and they will comfort you because if, especially a loved one, they want to give you the comfort that you're not having because you're grieving and you can talk to them. And, you know, uh, I had a problem with my mom, you know, because I didn't know if I took care of her enough before she departed. And she came to me finally and said, Oh my God, will you stop saying that? I love you. You did as best you could. That's all you had. Stop it, please. And as we become at peace, so let your spirits uh, comfort you. Also teach you. My sister on the other side, we studied a metaphysical group together. She taught me that when we leave after a certain time, we can be seen as how we were known, but in time we dissipate and every cell of our body goes into the universe and it becomes like star energy. Hmm. ourselves and so there's a lot of beauty that takes place so I learned that through her I wrote about that in my book I didn't know that 
So spirits can teach you, they can comfort you, they can make you laugh. I'll just burst out laughing sometimes because I'm having this conversation with the spirit on the other side. So there is a lot of ways that we can be at peace and find that place of joy within our life. After your period of grieving, you do not have to carry it on forever in life. It's okay. I think that feels really hopeful for a lot of people and feels really at peace for a lot of people. So thank you for sharing that. You know, I think step one is to, is to be willing to be open to the idea. If you're not willing to be open to the idea and you want to see it as not true or a scam or whatever, it will always be that way. (laughs) So if you're open to it, then you can start to kind of receive those messages. June, thank you so much for being on the show. There is one last question that I ask all the guests and it is a two-part question. The first part of that question is, if you only had seven more days left to live, what would you do? I would be with my my son and my grand, my husband, my son, my grandchildren, and I would go down to the beach. And I, boy, you make me feel like crying because I'm getting closer to those ages now. And and I would go to the beach and we would laugh and we would listen to the ocean and we would have little picnics. And I would just be, I love nature. I'm in it every day, every day I'm out and it doesn't matter the weather. You know, I'll just go out. And that's what I would do. I would spend my time in nature and remember this planet. Why did I come? Because it's a beautiful planet and there really are good people. And that's where my seven days would be. Amazing. The second part of this question is if you only had seven more days left to live, but you were in a debilitated state, so you couldn't walk, you could only lie in bed and essentially die. uh, And you couldn't do all those things, right? You couldn't go to the beach or be in nature and celebrate kind of life with your family and loved ones in that realm. But you could give the world one last piece of advice. What piece of advice would that be? Every day, find something, something that you are grateful to have, whether it's uh, I can still see, uh, I can still walk. Find, it doesn't matter how small, and know that whatever, however bad it is, it's not going to last forever. And prepare yourself. You know, they say live like you're going to die tomorrow. Do you want to die being pissed off and angry at somebody? Do you want to leave this planet saying, you know what? That didn't matter. You know, so I would say to the best of your ability, breathe, be grateful for what you've had or who was in your life and keep your mind on that. That's what I would say. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find you and where can they pick up your book? Well, if you want an autograph copy, you can always contact me and you can contact me through my website, www, of course, June Ahern, A-H-E-R-N.com. I'm on Facebook. I, I don't get Twitter. I mean, I don't do Twitter and Instagram very much, but June Ahern author. I'm on Facebook. You can co- contact me there. Uh, SFcoaching.com. I do metaphysical coaching still. I take some clients if we get along. And those are places you can get in touch with me. My uh, books, of course, are on everywhere, Amazon and, and everywhere else that you buy books. You can go to your bookstore, order it. And uh, that's where you can get in touch with me. Great. And your latest book, uh, How to Talk with Spirits, 
is also getting some going to be getting some airtime coming up. So tell us about that so we can be looking forward to that as well. Well, with the same title right now, the producer said he's going to use the same title. There's going to be a movie about one of my murder cases that I worked with the police. So that's supposed to start filming this summer. We don't know, you know, if it can or not, but it, that's what it's scheduled for. And uh, Veronica Cartwright is a very old actress. Most of you young people won't even remember her, but she was in Aliens and uh, all these different things. Anyway, she's going to play me and it's going to end up on Netflix. It's, it's, an, it's going to be a Netflix movie is what, whenever it gets together. That's coming out maybe in 2022 if they can meet and film. Amazing. So be looking for that on Netflix, How to Talk with Spirits, or at least that's the title as of right now. You can always go to June's website. I'm sure she'll be keeping us updated on the release date of that. And thank you for unlocking happiness with us today. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to Unlocking Happiness. I hope you loved the show. And if you did, post a link to your social media tag a friend and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Help spread more happiness in the world by leaving us a review. If you would like to learn more about what we do, visit choose-happy.me. And if you want to be a future guest, click on the podcast tab to learn more. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag unlocking happiness with Amy Dix. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and hit subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me, or join our Facebook group called The Happiest Group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix, and we will see you next time.